Damn, son, where'd you mint this? Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Pattern Recognition, episode 13, and I am Chuck Anderson. Today, I'm joined by artist Jesse Draxler. Jesse uh, is somebody who, I, yet another interview I'm doing with someone who I've never met or talked to before, uh, but we followed each other for a long time. Jesse's work is amazing. He's one of those artists who you truly know it when you see it. It's very unmistakable, almost always black and white, something that uh, I think he's taken something that's so basic as, as black and white, but really made it his own and, and done an incredible job of building up his body of work and doing some really amazing collaborations with different brands over the years and and has really found an elegant way to use NFTs uh, in ways that make sense with his work. Really enjoyed as well. And I think one of my favorite things to talk about with people is their journey with the internet and when it first intersected their life in terms of creativity. I think I'd probably say this for every intro, but Jesse's story uh, in high school is is something you really got to hear, you know, as he was introduced to art and on the computer and at school and how, you know, this, the personal situation he was going through impacted his, you know, his work and, and life at that time. But yeah, we got into so many different things. I'm really excited to chat with him. I don't want to take up any more time, get right into this interview. So without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Jesse Draxler. All right. What's up, everyone? Today, I'm joined by Jesse Draxler. Jesse, how are you? Very well. Yourself? Doing pretty good. Hot, hot in Chicago today. Very. It's about to be. It's about to be 103 tomorrow and Thursday. Supposed to be 100 plus. So no, can't be. Can't be good. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) you know, how are you? Are you in LA? Yeah. Well, I'm in uh, Long Beach right now. Yeah. Um, Okay pretty normal here i guess we, we were supposed to have a hurricane i guess a couple of days ago but that was uh just kind of came and went the rain and wind i guess you know but um uh so like uh you and i haven't actually met before i'm not not even really spoke but we have a lot of mutual maybe not a lot but mutual friends and stuff but yeah i'm from uh north of you you know in wisconsin mm-hmm. is where yeah i know you're from wisconsin like, but where we're at Appleton area, the Appleton oh. area of Wisconsin okay. is, uh, I mean, a very small town actually out, you know, a ways outside of Appleton, but Appleton's the reference point. Um, and lots of times people from Chicago are, are familiar with it, but, um, I'm in Chicago a lot because I have to get fly through Chicago and, uh, anytime I want to go there, I have to go to Chicago no matter what. So I just yeah. started being like, fuck it. I'm going to stay a night in Chicago instead of just use this as like the layover every time. Cause it was annoying. But anyways, um, I was getting a lot of tattoos from David Allen for a while and yeah. he would speak highly of you. Yeah. So we have that connection. But um, oh. also just you saying it's going to be 103 in Chicago. To me, that sounds terrible because that's different than 103 here. I understand yeah. that. It's it's like it's, a, uh, it's been rough and it's been rough this week already and it's only been in the 80s. So I'm not really looking forward to, <laughs> to the next you know, couple of days pumping. here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, yes, I knew you were from Wisconsin. Um, you know, and I, you know, what's interesting with a lot of the when I do these interviews, I like to do just like, I, I do just enough research on like little things, but I don't go full like Nardwar mode where I'm coming in, like knowing everything <laughs> about people. Uh, Cause that's just not what I'm going for. Like surprising people about how much I, you know, sort of <laughs> dug in on their backgrounds ahead of time. Uh, that's not really the vibe, but it is always interesting to learn something, you know, just kind of, 
specifically for these conversations and having seen that you were from Wisconsin and that I think you did actually, there was an interview already and an interview you did. And I think it was an interview magazine 2016, I want to say. So a little bit, a little, a little while back, but uh, they seemed to have charted your entire sort of journey of like bouncing from Wisconsin to LA to Minneapolis and back and forth. And you were, you seemed uh, impressed or taken aback that they knew the, <laughs> the, the route. Um, but do you, I, just to, to, you don't have to go through the whole life story, but I, I want to ask, are, do you feel uh, LA bound for life or do you ever imagine like retiring, <laughs> you know, back in the, uh, the North woods of Wisconsin? I mean, it's funny that you asked that because just yesterday I was speaking with somebody about like, why am I here? It's literally what I'm saying. I was like, why the fuck am I still here? Um, that sounds really bad, but I, I mean, whatever it's, uh, I, would, I was just in Switzerland for a month, a uh, little, like a month and a half almost. Um, mm. and that was a really good experience. And now I've only been back here in Long Beach at this studio again for about a week, just getting over the jet lag and everything. But, um, I was just like, why am I, why am I here? Because in the week that I've been here, there's been no real reason that I need to be here. So, I mean, the mm. fact that you're asking that is just funny because like, Interesting. It, it's something no, really. I'm thinking about a lot of just like, where should I go? It's uh, like, uh. yeah, I don't know. No place Wait. really feels like home anymore. Like, Hey, mm. I don't want to move to Wisconsin right now. Like there's not there's yeah. nothing to do. It's nice to go to. I love going there, but it's because it's so different from everywhere else. So it's like, but that's like it, what it needs to be for me where it's like everywhere I go, it needs to just be different from where I was before. And then I'll like mm. it for a while. And then Brit, um, so I don't know, uh, definitely not LA bound for fucking life. Cause I mean, uh, it's difficult because there's parts of LA that I love and there's like the culture that I love here, but just as a city, like when I'm like the other day, when I drove to, to LA to go to a record store, it was like, it's fucking hell on earth. I fucking hate it. I hate LA, you know, it's just terrible. Like, and if you just want to do shit in LA, it's fucking suck. Just if to you, get around you, the traffic, yeah, like yeah, just the yeah, people, exactly. just the headache of, of, I don't, yeah, yeah. The, I, and I actually like the people and I like the culture and I like, you know, all those things. Um, you know, but as far as just like living, it's fucking sucks. So yeah, I'm not interested in like, you know, uh, putting down roots here, but it's definitely some place that I would like to have a, a hub. That's like my dream. I, uh, you know, is to have hubs places. Mm. It doesn't, you know, it's just how to, how to make that efficient and economical is the, the sure. issue, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. That's interesting. But, but I, mean, I have the cabin in Wisconsin to go back to what you were saying, but if okay. you see myself retiring or something, I have a tiny cabin in Wisconsin. That's on my, some of my dad's property. And mm. I go back there uh, as frequently as possible. I'll spend like a month at a time there, you know, but just like in the woods, uh, to the extreme of Wisconsin, you know, where it's like, I'm not trying to do anything besides yeah. look at these fucking trees, you know, like, yeah. like, like clean up brush in, in the woods. <laughs> Even when I just go down and visit my folks, like an hour South of, of, where I am in the city. So they're outside in the Chicago suburbs and even just going down there and driving through like some farmland for a moment, just for like an afternoon or something, you know, um, there's always something refreshing about, you know, getting out. And then I immediately, I'm just like, all right, I'm ready to go back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I don't want to stay here for too long. The idea of living there for me is, is a little depressing, but that's, yeah. you know, where I'm at in my life, but I'm super fascinated by, the impact of location on 
people and especially in artists lives and careers. And I think that conversations become even more sort of jumbled up in the last couple of years with COVID, especially where, where did you find yourself in the pandemic when it started? Did you go from, were you in LA? Did you leave? Did you stick around? I was in, uh, yeah, I was in LA. I wasn't, uh, so like, I, like I said, I'm in Long Beach now. I was in LA. Yep. Uh, I was in a studio and actually Vernon, which is like outside of LA a little bit in the industrial, the most industrial area of people would consider it LA if they didn't know, you know, like, mm. unless there's a city line here, but, but, um, super gnarly industrial area. Just like, I was already like feeling like, uh, like it was, um, I never really watched the show, but walking dead, it, it felt like fucking, because it was this art complex type. Yeah. It was like these warehouses that were turned into art artist studios and shit, but it was like guard. It wasn't guarded, but it was just like gated. It was gated in, had walls mm. and stuff on certain sides and everything because outside of it, it was just all industrial. Like right next door was like some place where they were, you know, crushing metals and shit like that and whatever. And then there were just like train tracks over here with that means tons of homeless people and shit. And I was just like homeless people lighting fires on the side of the train tracks and stuff. Just, it was like, Mm. it was dangerous to an extent i didn't feel in danger but like people would be like fucking like the uber driver dropped me off and be like are you sure this is where i'm like yeah i live here <laughs> it's cool it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it felt like walking dead in the way of like if we didn't have these walls it would just be like chaos or something you know yeah. like we would be so that's where that's where i was during COVID. <laughs> and, and uh, when covid hit that feeling just became extreme just like well now you can't leave and yeah. now it's like, if you like, you already didn't want to leave, but now you can't leave too. And it's just like, it just became crazy. It felt insane. Honestly, yeah. it already felt insane, but it felt fucking insane. Yeah. I was like, I cannot like, and then the situation where like the studio situation was just getting worse. I won't get into it, but it was just like multiple things on top of one another of just like, this became an unlivable situation. Are you so in a live workspace? Like are you living and working in a studio? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, that, and I was, it was like a, a live work studio. Um, but yeah, it just became unlivable there. Like for a number of reasons. And so in the middle of the pandemic, I just like left. I uh, found this place in Long Beach, which I had already been eyeing up a little bit throughout the years. Um, Cause I've always wanted to live closer to the ocean. Just, I was just like, I don't know how long I'm going to live in California. If, uh, I definitely want to have the ocean experience in some sense. So it just was like, okay, I guess I'm going to do this. And then so like fucking five months after the pandemic hit, I decided to move. It was actually, I can pinpoint it to whenever the riots were happening in Los Angeles, because the night before I decided to move like full on move, I was biking. I took my bicycle down into downtown LA from my old place. Uh, just to like witness the chaos of downtown Los Angeles in the middle yeah, of the yeah. riots. Um, so it was right then that I moved. Uh, and so, and then I freaked out about moving. I was like, that was fucking ridiculous. I can't believe I moved in the middle of pandemic. I can't afford this. What I like, I don't even know if I ever work again. Like the, do people like, will people ever make money ever again? You know, it was yeah. like the middle of the pandemic. And I decided to, to move to a place that was like more expensive. And it was just like, I don't know. It, it, it was all product of the chaos, I'm sure, of the times and everything. But yeah, they, yeah. I found myself here in the, in the Long Beach, but I decided to move in the middle of it. And I don't know. It all seemed to work out in the end, I guess. So yeah. what about you? Were you in Chicago the whole time? Chica yeah, uh, yeah, we were. And I've, I, I, uh, my daughter was born in 2017. So, um, you know, we had like a we had like a toddler at the start of it. 
And then uh, I have a two-year-old now as well. So we just like, (laughs) is all tangled up in like just navigating you know, family and like kids and, you know, that would be more one, one of, than anything to me. Like, one oh, of them, what was like one person, one gets sick and then like, you know, just everything would kind of, even now, just like if one of us gets sick, it's like, all right, well, the next week or two, either everyone's going to be just fine or we're all going to be going through it. And I think that with COVID everything we were, yeah, we, we stayed put here didn't At really least get didn't out. have to do the homeschooling thing yet they weren't yeah. old enough to do the yeah yeah right? well yeah. either that or the, the uh poor kids who like um you know i always felt so bad for all the like the high schoolers that like basically missed out on like graduation and prom uh, yeah. you know and the school's <laughs> yeah, trying to do some sort of makeup for it next year but it's like they know one coming back to this like <laughs> yeah well fucking you know. i mean my high school experience was nothing that i fucking like relish and then like thinking mm-hmm. about or anything so i never really questioned that i was like i was more like fuck that's I wish that could happen when I was in high yeah. school. <laughs> <laughs> okay, actually, yeah, that's a great segue because I did, and I want to, I want to get into this a little bit more than you touched on in the interview that I was mentioning earlier. Um, and you were asked about, you know, high school and art classes, and it was, it was, it was nice to read because it was ext- incredible parallel to my own experience. So by the time I was in junior, by the time I was a junior in high school, and I graduated in two thousand three, and I went to a pretty big like public high school in the Chicago suburbs. Um, and at the time it, it really had a great art program and and I bonded very closely with, um, I would say two teachers in particular there really took me, um, quite seriously as, as an artist. And I think recognized, um, that I was, you know, passionate and I had a talent and they really wanted to foster that. Um, but I was also like cracking, you know, Photoshop at home and and coming in and like learning it. And I knew way more than anybody could really teach me, you know, in Photoshop. And so eventually by the end of my junior year and then into senior year, they just kind of gave me like I just ended up only taking classes I had to take. Um, like, you know, you have to take gym, you gotta take, you know, English and or whatever subject. And then the rest of it was like just sort of it was like, you know, this independent study art class. And I just had two hours to myself in the computer lab and I would just come up with my own projects. And, and, um, I think that gave me a confidence that I ended up not going to college. So I think that was very formative that I was very fortunate to have those teachers and that, that experience. Um, you mentioned in the interview that you did that you similarly were kind of in this spot where you were just like, they were like, all right, fuck it. Like, just, (laughs) let's just have you do some art classes. We so like, (laughs) you know, that I feel like that takes at least some type of compassionate person in a situation where they're not like, sorry, you're sorry, dude, you're in school. Like you got to do what you got to do. Someone kind (laughs) of let up on the, you know, on the gas a little bit and kind of heard you out. So tell me about your, uh, art experience in, uh, you know, maybe, maybe like junior high, high school. uh, And also I'd love to hear what you were making at the time. It, it's yeah, it's 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 cool to hear you say like there's compassion that to be involved in <clears throat> that decision at some point. And it's, that's true, right? Because I could have just been rigid and been like, like you said, this is school. <laughs> yeah. This is how school goes. And they wouldn't have been um, wrong. I mean, you would have been pissed. I mean, they wouldn't have been in the wrong to be like that. I suppose would have been in the wrong. I guess in the sense of that. I mean, in the general sense of the world, they would have been wrong. But um, <laughs> of course, yeah, sure, sure. Um, uh, so. Well, there was, there was compassion and I don't know who the compassion was from actually. Like it, it was the guy that I think, I think it was a guidance counselor or something, whoever, whatever that even means, which I don't even remember 
who that person was or whatever. So it's like a person in the office and you didn't want to go back there into that office to talk with that person, whatever, because they usually met you had fucking issues or something. But um, so like right before high school or I guess whatever, what I don't even know exactly what grade it was. It was like seventh grade, I guess. Uh, my mother died like in this freak accident or whatever. Mm. And so and uh, it was pretty tragic and kind of the whole town knew about it because it was a small town and everything. Mm. So when I got to college or not college, when I got to high school, um, I don't want to say there was leniency towards me, but it's like everybody knew about it. But it was like the mm. kind of small town where it's like everybody knows everything, but you don't talk about it. You know, you ignore it, but everybody knows everything. So it's just this weird kind of, you know, people are affected by things that nobody's talking about, you know, kind of the whole small town mentality. Sure, sure. Um, so anyways, in high school, I felt like that played a big role in whenever things would come up, there would I would get some leniency. Mm. Um, and I, I definitely pushed the boundaries of that and was not like, I wasn't just like a, a good kid lost. Like I definitely was lost and became like a pretty gnarly kid in some ways, you know, not as bad as I could have been, but definitely not um, a pleasure to work with, I'm sure, as an, as an adult teacher, you know? I mean, I was in the office a lot. I skipped school all the fucking time. I held the record for, like, most days skipped while still graduating whenever I graduated high school, <laughs> shit, shit like that. But, um, <clears throat> but what you were talking about, uh, the parallel that we have is that um, there were things that were just, like, I was so bad at, I felt like the compassion came in where they were just like, but he's amazing at art. Like just put him in the art room. So it was like, I know like math, there were certain math classes that they were just like, fuck it. Dude, like, yeah. you don't got to <laughs> do it. You know, like, you know, I Did was, you feel like that side of your brain was just not firing or, or like, just it was, maybe it was that, but it was also this, like, I don't give a fuck. I didn't give a fuck. Like what I didn't yeah. give a fuck about. I truly, you couldn't make me give a fuck. And I think yeah. it was evident. And I think it was evident. Maybe like, I can only speculate, but like, uh, given what I had been through and shit that it was like, well, how are we going to make this kid fucking care about yeah, math right yeah, now? Yeah. You know, yeah. like or something, you yeah, know, maybe that played a role, but, um, <laughs> and maybe that was in my own mind too, of just like fucking Christ. Are you kidding me? Like you, yeah. I'm supposed to sit here and make myself do this thing. That's so coming so difficultly to me. Like that, this is supposed to torture me more than like, I'm already tortured right now. You know, like, mm. I don't know. I was just, to me, it was like, I'm not going to do it. Like you could put me in jail, you know, like, I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so that was kind of how I was. And, mm. uh, it came down to like a junior, not junior, but was it like the last two years of high school? Uh, I know that I was missing like any math classes, any certain like, um, English I did all right in, but it was like certain classes that you had to take, like, Spanish was like a requirement that I just like didn't have to do. And there were certain things that like I tried for like a week, I would get kicked out of class like twice, and all of a sudden I just had uh free study art period. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just like cool. And by by senior year, I remember it was just like I was going to two classes that weren't just like art shit. That I and it was when I would do art shit, it would it was me sitting in the back of the art room while other classes were going on. And I was just like the dude sitting in the back doing his own thing. So I got to know like other kids in other grades and other uh, classes and shit because uh, they would be in the room getting taught like in their class. And I was just the dude sitting in the back <laughs> <laughs> doing his own thing, like drawing fucking spawn. You asked like what I was, uh, what I was, what kind of shit I was doing. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, being from a small town and I never really like, 
knew what a, even a museum was. It wasn't like I don't come from a cultured family in that way. Uh, really blue collar family, like mm-hmm. mechanics and shit like that. And um, the small town I grew up in definitely had no culture. It was like a church and a bar, you know, that kind of fucking town. And then sure, farms, yeah, yeah. just farms. And so uh, it was, I was really into comic books and I was really into music. So a lot of what I was doing in art was just like kind of replicating that kind of shit, like drawing the kind of shit that I was into and then coming up with my own type of stuff. And I was also into drawing trucks and stuff because it was like coming from a mechanic family. Um, it's just something I was around, I guess. And I guess my dad was really into um, when he was younger and growing up, he did a lot of uh, airbrushing on vehicles, like okay, pinstriping yeah. uh, flames and shit like that. So I just saw a lot of that. And I never really thought I'd really liked it as a kid, but I did draw it a lot for whatever reason, probably just because it was what it was around. Yeah. But yeah. So that's, uh, that's pretty much the story. Yeah. Yeah. That's a wild, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm obviously very, you know, and it's probably been a long time now, and uh, but obviously very sorry to hear about what you went through. It sounds like it certainly shaped uh, some pretty formative uh, times for you, and um, it's interesting too to just think how it's such a specific situation, uh, having other people know and then kind of have this uh, just this kind of sympathy and and then therefore leniency and letting you kind of be a bit more on your own. Um, you know, I, I don't know. There's something kind of interesting about, uh, that, that age too. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I we don't have to get into it anymore, but I'm, I'm not, no, I mean, I'm yeah, still it was thinking about it, uh, how that it was a, certainly an interesting scenario, like a yeah. perfect storm of things coming together because I think about it now and especially after, you know, all the time that has gone by and, um, all the things I know now, like, you know, because I've done a lot of personal work and stuff because mm-hmm. it was, you know, a troubling experience and like <laughs> the subsequent years afterwards and with like, no, it wasn't dealt with because that's just how it was. Like we were talking about, and I was saying small town mentality. Um, but given everything I know now, I know like if this were to happen to a kid at the age of 13 and whatever, they would be in therapy like immediately. Like yeah, I, it might yeah, be yeah. illegal at this point. I don't even know. So like not enforcing, but they might make yeah. it. They might be illegal to not have the kid go to some sort of mental health treatment or something. Mm-hmm. But um, but I none of that happened when I was growing up. And like mm-hmm. then to double down on it being in the small town where it's like the sympathy is there, but nobody's talking about it. It almost makes yeah, it people just don't worse. know how to deal. Yeah, 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 but they don't know how to deal. But it makes it worse, yeah. you know. And it's like I don't blame anybody, but it's just like wow. I mean, what a crazy and then if it were dealt with, how would I be now? How would it be different? You know, Mm -hmm. yada, yada. It's, it is quite interesting. But then, as you said, the way that the sympathy was shown and dealt with would have been different. And the way that they would show the sympathy without directly saying like, Hey, do you want to talk about what happened? They were like, Mm -hmm. you can go on the art room. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I imagine like knowing how I was with, with art, I think like I, I used the time while I would sit and draw to process everything. Cause I could just get lost in my, drawings and and just you know i'd I'd imagine that there was some degree of sort of uh that that's probably when a lot of the sort of processing and like registering what what you'd been through was was going on um you know when you were doing that so i guess it's sort of a gift that you were given that space at least after whatever everything you went to to um sit and, and and manage that by you know fortunately having you know being drawn to to art um I'm were thankful you... to the art teacher that in high school that allowed me really. I yeah, mean, like I yeah, can't, yeah. 
I don't know how much she actually taught me. It's hard to say. Mm -hmm. I can't really, honestly don't even really remember clearly details of those times, you know, but, uh, even like all of high school is still foggy to a degree, but like Mm -hmm. she was, uh, the, my arts, my art teacher in high school was, uh, my best friend at the time in high school's Mm -hmm. mom. Um, which was interesting because I would see her in and outside of school a lot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't remember her really teaching me much, like as far as knowledge, uh, uh, but she allowed me to be in there a lot. So that's, I'm very grateful uh, for, for that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, when did, uh, so I know digital obviously plays a huge role in your work, but how old were you and what was the first experience hopping on a computer for anything art related? Did that come much later? Like, no, that was much earlier. I think no, 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 not much earlier. Uh, almost subsequent, like right around that same time. I mean, like the internet is something that came shortly after my mother died and it was like, my my that's where i went i mean mm. i remember i think i remember more about my experiences online during those times those years yeah than yeah. i do from real life like i believe it talk, yeah like real, i understand like uh yeah. because i was just sucked in like uh i don't remember even why or, or what happened or what it was but like i caught wind of the internet and it was just like I've, I, and the way that I remember it is I forced my dad, like, we're getting this, we're getting a computer immediately. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're going on, I th- we already had a computer cause I was doing like Mavis beacon and fucking, um, Mavis beacon teaches typing. Remember that shit? Oh, yeah, and then, of um, course. <laughs> and then, uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? I think my yeah. sister played that and I, I played that some too. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, when the internet came about and I heard about this, I was just like, we got to, I don't even know what that is, but that's something that I need. I don't, it was just, yeah, I, I, if I felt like a draw to it, um, yeah, it, maybe because I knew it was like, I could feel it was like a portal, like to somewhere else, something else. And I really did not like growing up in the town I grew up in and, mm. you know, all this and that, you know, being an outcast in school and just like, I was always into fringe shit which wasn't hard but i was going further and further than you know could imagine from that small town but the internet then helped that big time but like digital came in because of that where um i mean before any real formal art training i mean i was doing like graphics and photoshop because i was making this story is probably getting old to people who listen to a lot of my shit but like i was doing uh the way I was getting music at the time was to the CDs were still a thing and uh, downloading music online was taking like fucking, I mean, I don't even remember exactly, but like an hour a song at least maybe. Oh yeah. Maybe no problem. A lot, lot more. Yeah. A lot more. <laughs> if it maybe. was a good quality too, if it was like a higher quality like yeah, track, you'd be so, like, oh, I just want to hear this. I don't need like the, you know, the yeah, bit, the, yeah. the bit rate doesn't need to be <laughs> too high. I remember setting up downloads before, like going to sleep and stuff, just to, oh, like yeah. hear a song in the morning and stuff. So anyways, like I was trying to get music like still physically. And so I was making websites where I would review albums and then it wasn't really so that I had a website. I didn't want to have a website. That wasn't the point. Like I didn't care about having a website. Yeah. It was so that I could like send the link to uh, record labels and then get CDs. Cause, yeah. uh, I mean, now looking back at that, it's crazy. I don't think that would work anymore. Not just any kid at the age of 14 can make a website and say, send me CDs. But back <laughs> yeah. then I think cause the internet was so new 
they were just like, okay, I guess if you have a website, like if, if you had a website, yeah, yeah. you were it, official. Like it might as well have been a book at that time. Like it made it yeah, seem real. Book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, um, I, would, I, I got tons of free CDs that way, but I was always like using the website then as an outlet for creativity where yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. what's what the name called? of the website? Yeah, did I you... had so many different ones. I just was changing all the time. Just because I wanted to like have a different logo or a different name, like sure. nuisance was one I remember. Uh, All right, what is a what, what's what's a hosting? Are we talking? Are we talking GeoCities? Oh, Tri tripod? We do an Angel Fire. We do so uh, well, GeoCities obviously <laughs> was a lot, but I mean, I was I was so. What year is this? Like it's like two thousand. No, I mean it's pre two thousand. Um, pre two thousand for sure. Yeah. I try like to think 90, of my first one was I had a tripod one. Yeah, that sounds about right for that time. Well, the first ones I did were like the Geo Cities and stuff. That was the first ones that you like were just the easiest where you could put a bunch of gifts on that and shit. And yeah, fucking, sign like, my guest book. <laughs> but I very quickly was over that. And so like I was learning HTML and Dreamweaver like yeah, really, really yeah, fast. Yeah. Like I got I got into Dreamweaver as fast as possible. And at that point I would just build my own shit. Um, and then I, I was building my own websites, like straight up building them and uploading them as HTML, yeah. you know, to sites. However, doing it, how I don't even remember how I did that, but uh, um, and up until uh, was able to um, edit CSS and within the templates uh, supplied by web providers because that was a gap between like the first websites and then you need, you know, HTML and Dreamweaver or something yeah, yeah. Uh, to make website. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, now you, we have templates that are editable to CSS and now you don't even need to know CSS are just that editable to the degree that you can't tell it's a template. But I never, I right away was like, I don't want this to look like other people's shit. So as soon as I could figure out how to make my own and then. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, taking a web design class in seventh grade, and it was just like basic HTML stuff. And I was so enamored with with that, and definitely just hand code. I could still probably code like a site just HTML, uh, and just you know do. I, it's sort of like core memory stuff that's like baked in that I, could, I'll, I never I really need, but it's in there for a sure. CSS. I could not do yeah. HTML anymore. I could edit a CSS, yeah. uh, a cascade style sheet to do some shit, you know, with the HTML, I could do that. But uh, to me, it was always means to an end. Like I hated it. Like I was always just frustrated. I was the person that was like, I only need to know what I need to know. So it was always like, how do I exactly do with this? Okay, let me look yeah. that up. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, Which was hard yeah, at the time. I, now, I mean, obviously, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm jealous of the generation that'll just grow up you know, I mean, I watch it with my kids, just like the idea of things being on demand and sort of endless as a parent is obviously a little scary, but the resources they have at their disposal. I don't is even know what you can do now because I, you can make a whole website that's like dope with AI now, right? Just like, yeah, I mean, shit. pretty much. Like, that's, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty you much. Make a dope website and it just does. I don't even know how that should work. Yeah. I mean, I think most people now, unless you're I'm, like, my whole thing is like, I'm not a web designer, so I don't really need anything special. I just need it to be a nice gallery basically for my, then so obviously I want to have some control over how it looks and feels. And I still think a website's important and controlling the context of your work is, is, is huge in the age of just being sort of, uh, yeah. 
you know, um, actually working on mine, a new one for me right now. It was, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think it's like, rough. It, it's a rough, uh, proposition to be kind of at the mercy of Instagram and, and Twitter to sort of, yeah, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it has to look that way. Um, and there's no like editing capabilities or anything, but not everyone cares about that as different generations or it's like, I don't need to waste time on a website. No one's visiting that. I, you know, so, um, so yeah, now I think it's just, do what you need to do to have your, your, your work presented, you know, just, uh, contextualized enough yeah. that it feels like you, but beyond that, it doesn't have to be anything too crazy for most, for most people, unless they're trying to sell themselves as a web designer, in which case go crazy. So you're not a web designer, but you're definitely a designer. Like, uh, yeah, that's like your, your, your main thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And well, I'm always, uh, my, my forever, uh, sort of struggle is trying to figure out what I am. I think <laughs> I go, th- I mean, as Fair. evidenced by the, you know, so next year it'll be 20 years doing no pattern. And I think like that name is, feels more, uh, sort of like for better or worse, more accurate than ever. Cause I mean, <laughs> I just wake up every day and I'm, I'm unsure what exactly it's I, honestly one of the things I, I feel <laughs> I, there's artists that I'm sort of, uh, jealous of who seem to have such a clear vision of, of who they are and, and what their work is. And uh, while your work is sort of always evolving and the type of mediums that you might work in are ever changing. There's a real distinct quality. Like you really know your work when you see it. There's other artists that, that are like that as well. Um, and I find myself over the years having only gone a little bit deep on like a million different things. And as I've gotten older, you know, I'll be 40 in two years and I'm like, man, maybe it's time to like pick one thing and do that one thing for like a year and like really go in on it. And, um, I don't know if it's a result of the internet or too many options or or what, (laughs) like why I'm wired that way. But, um, there's something nice about just waking up and kind of knowing exactly, uh, you know, uh, the sort of image that you want to make and then making it. Whereas I wake up and I'm like, I don't even know what technique I want to start with. So that's kind of like the, no, I feel you. That's exactly how I feel. That, that like what you just described that's probably exactly more people the, feel like that than than you would think i'm sure yeah but yeah. well but like what you were saying if you don't know if that's a product of the internet or what like you know i don't know like i, I wonder the same thing i wonder if that if it has been like this for for artists throughout all of time or if like this mm-hmm. is actually uh what we we probably i mean i'll speak only for myself i guess but uh it's it's like a it's a torment sometimes honestly yeah so uh or if um but this torment is a luxury maybe you know yeah yeah in a way just sort of constantly exploring and and digging um but you know and it's funny because when i say that to artists whose portfolios and bodies of work and like what they're doing and presenting seems very tidy um to me in terms of you know maybe it's the aesthetic or even you know, conceptually, it might be, you know, just as sort of tortured uh, as my trying to decide like what I feel like. I mean, there's like one day I feel like, you know, all right, I'm a photographer. I'm going to really go all in on that. And then like two days later, I'm like going on some like, you know, illustrator binge. And I'm like, I've kind of forgot that I was even working on this photography project. And I, I tend to just jump around so much. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I think, yeah, I think every artist kind of does that to an extent, but, uh, I certainly have, have thought about how much nicer it would be to sort of simplify, uh, and, and go deeper on a singular sort of vision or, or something like I that. I totally but, understand. Yeah. I, I, I've said similar things like romanticizing the painter who's like, 
you know, uh, it takes a month to paint that painting. So every yeah. day they wake up and they're like painting this painting. Like, yep. like you did. Like it just said. takes time. Just need to, something yeah. like that. It feels nice. But then also like, to me, it's like, I would lose my fucking mind. Like yeah. I get yeah. bored as shit after literally an hour, like <laughs> not yeah, even yeah. a day. Um, and so that, that leads me to my second question to you, but is that, like what you're describing, like I often think of just simply as like creative ADD, and then I'm just like, well, I 100%. probably just have ADD actually. Yeah, <laughs> I a thousand percent do, and I was just creative ADD. <laughs> yeah, but um, but but I was also I'm wondering then for you, are you able to focus like when you're like, okay, I'm gonna do photography, I'm into this. When you're in that mode and you decide that, are you able to then like spend the entire day just fucking in like involved in that process of photography and doing that thing or yeah or when still I, are you like one hour and then you're like okay now i'm back to fucking doing this and then i'm doing yeah. this and then i'm doing this and that stuff when i when i finally get into it um i get into it i i can stick with it i think the problem i, I shouldn't frame these things as as problems um maybe the challenge or the um for me now you know is like me at 23, let's say, you know, so I'm 38 now, but me, you know, 15 years ago, it's like, you know, I was, I've been married for, for a long time, but my wife would be like busy and in, you know, she's in school or like doing what she's doing. And I just have like all day to myself to just do whatever, you know, ever, things have changed now with kids and I have to like plot my day out. So there's this pressure a little bit where it's like, all right, daughter's at school, like son's at daycare, wife's at work, clock's ticking. Like you've got this great amount of time to work. And then when they get home, it's, you might still like do a little bit of stuff, but you're not getting like into it, into it. And then what's really changed, I think is my more sort of natural night owl tendencies. Like we, I hit a certain point and I'm like, unless I'm under the gun on a deadline, I'm like, I really just don't feel like it. I got to go to bed. I'm trying to get up in the morning. And that's my one time I can in the morning, like between like six and seven, I work out and I try to like have that, you know, time. And then the day begins. And I think now it's like, if I don't really treat that time that I mentioned earlier as precious and really go in and work, it can get away from me real quick. You know, all of a sudden it could be one o'clock and I'm like, oh, my whole family is going to be home in like three hours. Like, I, you know, and now I'm like, oh, now I can only go so far. And actually it's sometimes in those pressurized moments where I find myself the most inspired and like, oh, I've got it. I've got like two hours um, and I'll get really into something. And then it, the problem is trying to recapture that momentum like the next day. So um mm-hmm. I think, you know, I'm the type of person, I'm I'm not sure how you are, but I think the more routine I instill in my life when I get into the, when I'm good about doing that, the better, because then I, I have just enough structure to then sort of thrive within it. But when I wake up without a game plan or like have no specific, uh, you know, like particular idea what I need to do that day, that's, that's where you end up kind of the ADD stuff fully <laughs> seems to take over. Um, but you tend, I've always you thought routine? of that as, that's like the dream though to me it was always that like to wake up and not have a single thing and you just get mm. to do like to me i always like thought well that would be the best right but now that i'm like have that a lot it's like not exactly like i gotta figure out how to structure this shit a yeah. little bit <laughs> yeah yeah well because if you don't have those goals or like you know it doesn't have to be like some by the book goal setting like i use an app and i'm blah blah, blah. I'm, I'm you know i, I map my whole yeah, day out yeah, yeah. It didn't have to be that, but I mean, you know, certainly, certainly like some parameters, you know, some framework is, is beneficial to people whose minds kind of can go, you know, it's kind of like getting a commission or whatever. And just being, I was just going to say that do whatever you want. 
It's like my brain's yeah. going to go in 360 degrees. Tell me to just not use green and we're good. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, for me, I, I need, I've been talking to my team and people that I work with about this. Just like, I need more work. Like I need like, mm -hmm. in like, that sounds bad, but it's not even like work, but it's like, I need constantly because the commissions help. Like they actually like are a trigger for me. And like, I do better work for, for my personal work and like the experimentation helps because they've just present like the problem or whatever you want to call it. And, um, yeah. And like, I don't mind this. I, I, I used to be like, Oh, I need to be able to better at filling my time or better at structuring my time myself. And I'm just like, fuck it. Like, just get me enough work. Just give mm -hmm. me enough fucking commissions and I'll be fine. Fuck yeah. it. Like instead of trying you to fix me, just get me <laughs> more. Yeah. Like instead of me trying to figure out what I should do about myself, like just, yeah, I want more work. <laughs> Are you pretty good when it comes to self-initiating? So if you don't have a commission or like a particular deadline or you have a deadline, but it's like six months out and you know, you don't need that much time. Um, you know, I know you've got, a, you know, like you've done books and you have a lot of shows and stuff. Yeah. Like, like, do you, do you, does that stuff come in waves for you? Or are you pretty like, I need to, I need like, I'm a, I'm a, such an action person where I need, mm -hmm. I need it to be a definitive thing. But if it's six months away, that's fine. I can work on okay. something six months sure. away. But sure, I need sure. to know that that's a fucking thing for sure. You know, it needs like, to feel real for you to, to drive. Um, through, yeah. yeah, exactly. Not just like, well, we might be able to do this or we're not sure when or whatever. That's yeah. like, well, fucking, you know, I don't know when either then. So I think <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but like, um, I, this show that I just had like a few months ago, which feels crazy because that feels like I did it years ago. Um, it was just in June, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but that I worked on for fucking almost a year, you know, and mm -hmm. I was able to like pretty steadily every day, wake up who, what needs to be done. What should I, what should I work on today? And I, and that was a lot of fun because there were all these different things that I could focus on too, where it was just like, okay, as far, even just like the production of the event to the creation of the work, there was a spread of things yeah, to do yeah. within all of it different ways of being creative without, within it all too. Like, cause I was doing everything I could myself. So it was like all the design around it, the invitations, the, you know, all these things like had, uh, so having a year and I was, yeah. So I was very good at self, uh, initiating, as he said, uh, when mm -hmm. it comes to that. But, um, but if I don't have something like, like I said, I just got back from Switzerland for last week and I like, I have been jet lagged. So like jet, jet lag wreaks havoc on me. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I can't trust my mood, you know, not that I'm a stable mood person to begin with, but then a jet lag and it's just like fucking whatever. But, um, I've not been very good at, at self-initiating. I've just been like, fuck, what the fuck do I even do? Like, what do I, like, I forget who I am. Sometimes I forget, you know, almost mm -hmm. when you don't have enough structure, it's just like, I don't even know what I do. I don't even like <laughs> momentum so important to me. Yeah, like once yeah, I yeah. lose momentum, I just go back to just like, I'm an amoeba again. I just don't remember, like, I don't, like, what do I, what shit? I don't know, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, I do. I mean, it's a definite, there's like a mix of sometimes for me, it's a little bit of like an imposter syndrome thing. Sometimes it's like, what's the point? Like, does anybody even care about that? You know, you're kind of like up against what feels like people doing, you know, bigger, better things, or you're seeing someone else do something that's on a scale or at like a, a level that feels distant or like, you know, you're at, you know, no matter what, I mean, I think, you know, I think I, I know very well when I feel that way that so does everyone else, even the most accomplished yeah, oh yeah. artists and people 
founders, whatever. If you don't feel that way, it's probably an issue. I I I used to think it was an issue and people talked a lot about imposter syndrome, especially like 10 or so years ago when I was going through a lot or whatever I was hearing about that kind of stuff. But I've realized that like, no, everybody that's good actually goes through that. Like if you don't feel that, like that's probably a problem. Well, and the internet's fucked us all up too, because you know, you, as much as everyone likes to talk about avoiding, you know, comparisons or not worrying about engagement and all this or that. I mean, it, it, I think the difficult part now is that the, those, uh, these outlets that we have are kind of, I mean, that's what we have to share our work. And when things feel worse than they did at one point, or you're not, you know, stuff isn't being received as you'd hoped. It, it, I think everyone has to fight that, uh, deflating feeling. And I always find at the end of the day, when I focus back on my work and I stop thinking about that stuff and I just post something I'm having fun with and really loving what I'm doing. And I can feel that the, the response is almost always in kind to that. Um, and so I think, you know, unfortunately so much of this stuff gets sort of knotted up in our heads and we get too worried about that stuff. And so just like remembering, you know, what, what it is that we're good at as artists and, and just like post your shit or share whatever, and then move along. Like nothing to say here. Yeah. Nothing I mean, to see here. social like, media Social media has become dangerous because it's no longer a reflection of any sort of, um, I'm trying not to say truth because I don't even really believe in that concept, but, uh, it's not a reflection of, um, it's just not a reflection of anything almost anymore to the extent of like what you were just saying. Um, it used to be post your image that's dope or whatever your content that's sick. And then if it's good, you'll get likes you'll get a lot of likes and if it's not very good it probably won't get as many likes it's not in that case at all anymore no so like if no, you're no. if you're trying to post your shit and just thinking like if it's good it'll get likes and then if it doesn't get likes you think your work's not good or something's not good well now that you're just living in a false reflection or like a like a, that's not a reflection of any gauge or any usable metric is what i should say not truth but it it doesn't supply you as a creator anymore with the usual metric like it used to, um, which was super evident just recently with, uh, well, because it's, it's all about the algorithm and how they're changing the algorithm and like what, what metrics they're using uh, mm-hmm. on their behalf that we don't know. So right. it's like, we really can't even decipher what this means anymore. Like, Oh, I got this many likes on this one. I got this many on this one. I have no fucking clue what that means anymore. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's funny. It's I mean? kind of like how everybody says all they want is just give me the option to see a chronological timeline of the people I follow and show me the posts in their most recent. Don't do any of the work for me. Just make it so that if someone posted something five minutes ago, that's the first thing I but, see. But for that to work, but for that to work, it would have to be everybody has to go back to that. It can't just be an option that you can do that because it's still not applying any metrics if it's only an option. You yeah. know, because then some people are doing it, some people aren't, blah, blah, blah. I, but I understand what you're saying as a user, but as like somebody who uses social media or used to use social media as a metric for not, not if work is particularly good, but just as like a reference to what mainstream or what a populace may think or how they might respond to something, how something might catch on or not. If, uh, if a graphic trend is, is, you know, if this is on point with something I was trying to be on point with, mm-hmm. uh, you can gauge by the engagement and yada, yada. You can't really do that anymore. But, um, uh, I noticed, well, not even just, it's nothing new, but even just like the viewers, uh, have changed. And it's, I'm sure partially because of the way social media has pushed it, but like 
the TikTok generation has fully taken over where there's no real image posting sites anymore because mm -hmm. Instagram, if you post a reel that you realize, oh shit, this is where everybody is. Like, yeah. oh, this is where yeah, engagement yeah. is. Like on reels. You can't get shit for likes anymore on a post. Nobody I even, can. I, I prefer and enjoy story, like stories still, honestly. Stories, I like, pretty, so I think we, I don't want to say we're old school because, but I think we're just like image based people because stories were like, stories are like reels. Only you can just post an image that lasts a little while and then, yeah. you know, and then they go away yeah. or whatever. But you can also post a video that's like a reel for those yeah. that are unfamiliar with fucking stories. You can post <laughs> a video in the story. But it's all so it's like this mix. It's more of like um art centric. When I when I look at reels and when I look at TikTok, there's no art there. There's it's almost an, an impossible medium, a social medium for real art unless you're showing process. Yeah, you know? that's but the thing. So, so the process is the one thing where I think there's a lot of people who uh, like for me, if I wanted to do like video content, it'd be like, well, the best way to do this would probably be to just a screen recording of me working on something and then post that people love seeing that stuff because it sort of proves the work. And it's the same reason why I think people are drawn to, this is particularly true in the NFT space, which I want to chat with you about, but, um, I would say a lot of NFT art collector types, uh, seem to gravitate towards proving that something was difficult to make. It's not about, <laughs> it's not about simplicity or, or craft or the concept. I mean, it, it is, but people are rewarded for the fact that they spent six months on one thing or that there's like in crazy detail or never been done before and <laughs> stuff like that. And I think um, similarly, I think stuff is rewarded when you show how wild your process is or how crazy this or that is. Um, and so, and not everyone's, not only that, not everyone's good at or enjoys either showing that stuff off or, or feels like being distracted by capturing their process at all. So yeah, while this stuff does reward those things, people who are more like, Hey, I made a new drawing or paint. I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, it seems impossible to really know why any of these things <laughs> do or don't work really, but you're, you know, you're right about posting something to sort of just gauge. I think that's, what's the most powerful thing is to just gauge reaction. Um, have you posted stuff before that you thought like, um, I mean, I feel like I'm sure I, I can guess the answer, but sometimes you'd be mm. surprised that the response to something good or bad, you know, like didn't think much of it. And the response is mm. really overwhelmingly positive to something you didn't think much of, or it was like a sketch or whatever, or something you had poured your, you know, blood, sweat and tears into and posted it. And you were like, shit i guess nobody else cares about this uh and then i guess the follow that. Up to that is, <laughs> what's that it's more the second yeah it's usually that yeah. the second where it's like mm. you think something's a shit and then you post it but then yeah. like that's and that's exactly that's not exactly my time but part of what i'm talking about is like a useless metric that there's no useful metric in that then besides like oh sometimes it was like well that was the wrong time of day post something dude i know, you know? Like, oh i shouldn't have posted this at 1 p.m i should have waited till six <laughs> which is ridiculous which is just yeah. a fucking ridiculous that's something i've definitely you know worked to break myself from this idea of like so structured or either one or the other where it's just like structured to the extent of like it's just a job having a social media account is just a thing you got to do so just like you do it at blah 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 time every day boom post done it i, yeah. I i've tried that and just like it's not it doesn't work for me it just has and like you said earlier too, it's all just like the things that are off the rip where it's just like, oh, I wasn't even thinking about doing that like five minutes ago. You know, I wasn't thinking, you know, that's the best content. It always mm -hmm. will be, always was, always will be, I feel like. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
what were we saying though before that about um you're talking about proof of work and blah 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 but i lost it i forgot what was even <laughs> the question I don't even remember. <laughs> oh, you were asking if I posted stuff that uh, I thought would do well. and. Oh, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. The response well, I was say when, about when that you're is excited that, about something. Yeah, yeah. like what, what the, the typical thing that happens to me besides like not getting the response that you expect or whatever. But outside of even social media, but social media then reflects it is usually where I'll have stuff in the studio and people will come by and like see something and be like, that's amazing. And mm. I'll be like, oh, really? I had no idea. Like that's the shit, huh? Um, huh. And then I'll be like, okay, cool. And then uh, I'll test the theory. Like that's what I'll use social media for is to be like, I'm going to put that on social and see if people respond the same way. If that person was right, because they might be right. I think they're right. You know, usually they are like, if it's some, like somebody I trust or usually if it's somebody in my studio, they're already somebody I trust. So, um, and then I'll put it on social media and it'll do really well. And I'll be like, holy shit. Like, all right. And then I'll really learn something from that. Mm. But usually it starts with like somebody actually. It's it's very rare that I like don't know something's dope, but then I'm like, but fuck it, I'm putting it on social anyways. I usually know it's dope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I I'm a pretty good gauge of that too, of like I can tell if something's gonna do well on social versus me just liking it. Like this is sick. But well, nobody's gonna give a fuck. I don't. I know yeah. that all the time. Like you probably have the same feeling all the yeah. time. I'm like this is so sick, but yeah. nobody will get it. Or like this yeah. isn't <laughs> isn't uh, in the yeah. in the in the zeitgeist right now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, yeah. and sometimes I'll be like, this is sick. Give me two years, but then I'll forget about it, and then I'll come back and see it and be like, boom! Now I post it. If, I mean, not to sound like some sort of predictor of the future, but as you know, people like us, we're always watching visual trends and we can predict things. A lot of times I'll make someone be like, yeah, give it a year. Give it, they just yeah. need some time like to, to, to catch up to this. But yeah, when it yeah. does, you know, so, but, um, yeah, very rarely am I not sure that something's like pretty sick when I, if I'm putting it on social. And then it's funny because you're sort of at odds with yourself worrying about, am I caring too much what people think at all? Should, and it's just like, I don't know if we can well, really escape that. Even the most nonchalant people yeah, are, but I think, are, I think we know. just need to come to terms with it. Like we just, I agree. To, it's I not even come to terms with it. It's just like, see it for what exactly what it is. Like it, why else does it exist? Why else would we post it unless we wanted people to see it? Like, mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm not under the illusion of, of this. Uh, I don't even believe they really exist. Many artists that are just like, I just make art for myself and I don't show anybody. Like, yeah. I feel like the second half of, the exchange of art as a viewer like has to see it. It's like, great. You make the best music in the world and nobody ever hears it. You know, it's like, with like, what is that? You know? Like, yeah. so, yeah. so to me to see social media for what it is, we went through this period, I think where we thought social media was us sharing our true lives with the world uh, and as a way to connect with people or something, you know, maybe yeah. that's what and we it thought. was at one point, something pure yeah, I about guess, it. I, I don't, yeah, to me though, like, I guess I was never that disillusioned, but by thinking that there was this thing now where I'm just going to be honest and open in my true self, I was never, I was always like, uh, it was always an avatar. There was a little like, performative, longest, sure. Yeah. Well, for the longest time, I wasn't even show, I would not show myself on social media. I wouldn't mm -hmm. allow people to tag me. Like I wouldn't like when Instagram first was came about, I wouldn't allow my picture to be on it. Like I wouldn't post pictures of myself, my face, at least. Um, I wouldn't like, sometimes I would wear a mask even and stuff. This was long before this was popular, trendy. 
where like the balaclava, like everybody fucking does now and whatever to be anonymous online. But I would, I really like, to me, it was like real anonymity online where it's like, really don't show yourself. So to me, it wasn't me trying to be like, look at my cool life. It, I saw it right away as, uh, this is how I'm going to get people to see my fucking work. So it's always work to me, you know, I was yeah, never. Yeah, yeah. And so I think people were disillusioned though, that some people were like, this is how we share our lives. And then there was this moment of like, oh no, you know, now it's not, oh, it's taken over. Oh, I feel bad because of it now. It's like, uh, just now, like, why not? Like, it, I never went through that though, really feeling of like, it was more just like, why are these metrics not fucking adding up anymore for me? Yeah, but, uh, I didn't have like the emotional torment of like, oh, nobody likes me anymore. <laughs> sure, yeah, no, that's fair. Well, so I want to take. So with all this said, I'm I'm curious to hop over to the NFT conversation with you. I want to ask something. I ask everybody. I think is kind of like a running, you know. And I think the theme of as I've I've done, I think you're the 13th episode of of this. Are they all think, people within the Web three? But you interview everyone. Everyone has sort of at least touched it somehow. I don't think there's anybody I've interviewed so far who doesn't have some sort of um, connection on some level. Um, there's been, there's one in particular, I won't even like, there's one uh, interview in particular uh, I did with uh, Victor Solomon, who um, has like dabbled in Web3 stuff, but his, he was, he's an artist and, and did all the NBA's new trophy designs and like rings and stuff like that. Like he was kind of like was working, doing like stuff, making backboards out of like crystals and all stuff. And it sort of evolved into actually getting commissioned to buy the NBA and making all these trophies and the entire conversation. I don't know that we touched on like crypto NFT stuff at all. And I think that's, um, totally fine. Is that one, um, released? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're under no oh, obligation yeah. to uh, talk about that. I think it's more of the fact that it, this is on Zora at all is, is enough. And I think for me, like I'm just mostly interested in conversations with people who um, have a curiosity and at the very, like the bare minimum to me should be a curiosity. Like I don't really want to talk to anybody, at least in this, I would talk to anybody who, who has no comment or hates crypto or NFTs. I don't really <laughs> course, care. Yeah. Just have something to say about it. That's that. That's sure. kind of the only thing that matters to me. But um, the one question I've asked everybody so far uh, has been, what was your first uh, introduction to crypto? Uh, and then uh, subsequently to that uh, NFTs, because David Allen was probably my first introduction to crypto at all. Actually, we would have oh. breakfast together. He and I would get, you know, breakfast together. And he'd be like, this, you know, I'm going back to like, I don't know, 20 thinking like 2018, 2019, he showed me his phone and like some, <laughs> I don't know whether it was Bitcoin or like love it. Ripple or whatever. And I'd be like, dude, I don't know. When what did you say? Is. What year? I don't know. He he might have to correct me on this, but I want to say like, at least, I mean, I definitely remember like getting breakfast with him before, like my daughter was born. So I'm sure like, and talking about this stuff. So it had to have been at least six years ago that he would be like showing me, you know, charts. And I'm like, dude, I'd not only do I not get this, like, I don't think I care. And I think you're being scammed. <laughs> I, I'm not one of those people who like would ever be like, oh yeah, I was into Bitcoin in 2013. Like, dude, I was not, and I didn't care. And it wasn't until art became a thing. And someone introduced me to the term NFTs that I even took a remote interest in it, but other people started with like the financial side. So all that said, I guess I'm really curious, kind of where your journey started with that? Did it start on the financial side or the art side? And if there was any one person yeah. or were you just digging around on the internet as we do? 
Yeah, it was on the uh, like crypto. It was, there was no crypto when I got into crypto. Um, but I didn't even really get into crypto. I mean, it's just like it was something that was on my radar. It was like of little interest. Uh, uh, it was of interest to, like right at the beginning because I've I've always been into um, not hacking, but like hacker shit. Like, and there I mean that by like the movie hacker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying. So like, the, like this whole like cyberpunk techno future shit was always pretty interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm an artist, so like aesthetically and uh, the words were cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I get so, that like, now. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like back in um fucking whenever bitcoin was first invented i remember hearing about it and being like let's name this series bitcoin something you know just like i was working mm-hmm. in fashion a lot and stuff and it was like let's name the series after this crypto shit or whatever blah blah, blah. And like jokingly and like thinking that would never nothing would ever happen you know and definitely in hindsight kicking myself of like why was i just like aesthetically interested in this in not sure, actually yeah. buying some because it was just like <laughs> hey, pennies, yeah. you know i could have bought I was just just to do it, like you know, I wish I would have. You know, obviously, it's like it's, it's funny, funny. But even just logically, I should have done that. It's a, because I knew about it, and I was using like the terminology and stuff. Me and my friends were joking about this mm-hmm. kind of shit. So, anyways, um, and then it wasn't until like the there was like a little bit of a boom. I think in 17, 2016. And I think leading up to it, I could feel like oh, something's going on. Like I think something's going to happen. People are talking about this internet money shit this matrix shit it's like it sounds pretty dope and i just wanted to like be a part of it so i think i just bought some some uh some ethereum i think i bought it first mm-hmm. but it was like nothing like nothing nothing at all just it was just to do it um and then i mean you could almost say as for aesthetic reasons again you know just be like sure, yeah, yeah yeah um but then I decided to just advertise online or on Instagram. I'll sell my work for uh, for crypto. You got crypto, and you want to buy my work? I'll take I'll take Bitcoin. I'll take Ethereum. I'll take. I might have said Litecoin even at the time because I was like, well, you know, whatever. And uh, and somebody took me up on that. I, I for like one Ethereum, I sold a piece of art in like 2017, 2018, um, and it was not on chain whatsoever it was like mm-hmm. dude sent it to my coinbase and i uh, i sent him the piece of art and that was like the most crypto i had at that point it was like you know and that was yeah that was kind of it was pretty dope um and that that's pre-crypto art is to my knowledge maybe that shit like i don't know what this early shit is like the pepe's and all that shit or is that the first i don't know i'm when it comes to nfts and crypto i think i like cared for a while that i didn't know like the origin the absolute origin stories and i'm not like the fucking og of ogs and whatever i don't give a fuck now i just don't give a flying fuck about any of that shit i don't know what the first nfts were but were they those pepes or whatever i don't or, know what i think people consider different ones to be different you know uh first there's all sorts of like diagrams that have been done and people say all so like, oh, these yeah, crypto so kitties and like yeah the, the reason you know. i'm saying i only printed it up is just because i don't want anybody that's listening to this to like fucking flame <laughs> me somewhere and be like no no anybody definitely fucking minting on if anybody's an hour that. into this and dming you about that i yeah. think that, i mean <laughs> god bless them but i gotta yeah, really, yeah thanks for listening <laughs> yeah, get a life <laughs> 
but anyways, yeah. So, I mean, I sold the piece for crypto and I had crypto and then like, you know, some family members were kind of into it. So it was something to talk about mm. around the holidays, you know, and then, and then when crypto art came about, um, that was like a whole different story. And that was like, uh, like, I like, uh, dabbled people talking about it, talked a little bit, but I was very careful. I knew that this was a, something big and something I knew that it was something that it was like, I didn't want to fuck up if you know what I mean. So I was willing to go slow. I, I did some things, sure, some yeah. projects here and there and everything, but it was like, I'm not trying to rush into this and make this big production out of the fact that I'm getting into NFTs and it should be the biggest deal in the world. I wanted to yeah. do it very slow. I wanted to do projects that like the first project I did wasn't even under my own name. You know, it was, uh, it was with somebody else and it was like for them. And everything and i was just like that's good i don't want my first like i want to test i want to see how that goes i want to see it yeah sure you know sure. so way too um, much pressure on the idea at, at least at that time of like when we were all first getting into it of like your genesis piece and you had, yeah, you had to yeah, be was, you never get to do that again it was like this virginity and it, thing and it was like exactly. why are we making me, so much pressure almost, about this exactly it was almost like so opposite that i didn't even it, it was like almost an accident that my Genesis has happened on super rare because it was like the way it all came about. Like I was so green. So, so sky Golpe is the uh, artist who was really into the scene at the time. Uh, still is obviously, uh, but he was huge, you know, like number 20 something top selling NFT artists in the world at the time, blah, blah, blah. And he came to me for, you know, through a mutual contact, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he had been familiar with my work since Tumblr, you know, like uh, early days. And uh, he really introduced me into like the real world of NFTs, not just like, hey, have you heard of NFTs? There's people talking about it. And then my own personal digging had only gotten me so far. And now I really believe that like, there's no way like anybody just from the outside could get into NFTs and understand that shit. And the yeah. way like you need, there's, there's something intangible that you just would not be able to read or learn about and i almost feel bad for anybody who wasn't there early enough to be in the early wave of uh of uh twitter uh what are they called because i don't even listen to them anymore the twitter conversations oh, oh like clubhouse spaces yeah yeah yeah. twitter spaces the early days yeah. of twitter spaces learning about crypto that was how i learned about crypto and like whatever yeah. but sky Gulf, they really got me into it and he just ushered me into super rare like it was nothing which in hindsight, I didn't even un understand, like people were submitting videos of themselves for a year trying to get on this site, like to be accepted into yeah. the site. And then I was just on it. <laughs> it was like, yeah, okay. dude, it was people. Everyone was like, if you missed that or didn't get like a nifty gateway release in that first six months of 2021, like you, the ship sailed on becoming a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, that was it. And like, um, uh, I, my Genesis did pretty well, I guess on super rare without even me really understanding that it was going to do well. Like I was just like, Oh, we'll try this out. I guess mm -hmm. it was like the first show, show super rare ever did like in the metaverse, like uh, in the, in spatial, it was their first like okay. curated gallery show, whatever. So I was part of that. And we kind of coincided me doing my first mint for that show. So it was this perfect storm, but like at the time I did not understand the, the community aspect and the, the entire aspect of literally you have to know people who know people and yada, yada to get through this, uh, dense shell of, a of a scene that this is, I guess, or whatever you want to call yeah. it, web three.
Yeah. Yeah. I think the, I think that whole moment, and again, this is something I've talked about with everyone because I, I definitely want to fast forward. And and then, you know, you, I don't know when the last time you minted anything on super rare was, um, but, uh, you know, as we're talking and you, you know, I know you got the Tezos and you've done a lot of stuff on Tezos and I've kind of, is there a reason that you sort of, uh, took to Tezos is there like, I mean, obviously like a lot of your work and st- we haven't even gotten into your sort of influences and, and whether it be music or other artists or whatever, but I think there, there's always something about Tezos specifically Hicket Nunk when it went during that moment that I still miss. And I think was one of my favorite sort of moments uh, with <laughs> NFTs over the last couple of years, there's a, a sort of difficult arcane uh, nature about it. And I remember thinking like, Picket Nunk and using Tezos at all, or like Temple, even just the name of that as like a wallet felt like if that had been a thing, if NFTs had been around in those early days of the internet that we were talking about, this is what it would have looked and felt like pretty much. Exactly. I think that's complicated to me. Okay. That's why it was interesting to me for sure. Like Picket Nunk was like Tumblr kind of, and I've been again aesthetically almost. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything's aesthetic for me, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, I get into the tech side when I need to, like we were talking about earlier with like NF- or, uh, websites and learning HTML and yada, yada. Like, so I understand tech things, but really when anything comes down to it, the most important thing is aesthetics to me in every sense. So, um, mm. so yeah, I mean, that's why I was drawn to, to Tezos was just the aesthetics and, and still you... to this day. Where were you minting stuff? Well, what did you kind of do next after like a lot of the super rare stuff? Uh, just floated around wherever, like people asked me to do shit, like, the, you know, okay. like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, th- th- that's just the truth. It was just like, mm. oh, there's this, because that for that first few years, first, like 2021, 2022, it was like NFT events all over the world. You know, it was like, this person's asking you for this, this person's asking to be in this. So like, uh, certain curators would ask you to do stuff. And so I was just, uh, wherever they were like we need this minted here or there and kind of deciding that way. But, um, I didn't mint a lot. I, I kept it mostly to super rare. And then once I got into Tezos, I, I did a lot on Tezos for a while. What platform, what, uh, was it on Hickenunk or was there another platform that you were doing? Stuff? Object straight. Object. Object. Yeah, object. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, okay. Well, I collected on Hickenunk and I collected on Tezos a lot before ever minting on Tezos. Okay. I never, I never minted on Tezos until, 2022 mid 2022 almost or something yeah and i've been collecting for quite a while before that yeah again to bring up david but david allen and i both i remember like when like i think it was the price points on tezos and obviously the low gas and um it 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 brought back the it's like this is just fun to collect stuff without feeling like i gotta spend a gazillion dollars or feel bad about spending 112 bucks on like a transaction fee or whatever like this that's not fun you know mm-hmm. this is fun this is I'm, I'm and i'm accumulating art by artists i like um and it, it truly just felt so internet to me and it took away the flashiness yeah. i think of the so big, internet i like yeah that. It yeah it so did internet. it just but this is like the most sort of like essential yeah, like sort of like internet. quintessential um, pure yeah, yeah dude like straight just that's how it felt so, um and, yeah so it reminded I don't know me of you... tumblr though too in the way of just like sure. i for me tumblr i loved looking through the feed of course and like seeing what other people reblog and everything but more than anything i was like looking at my own because it was like you know I, a mood board almost a continuous mood board of my own shit 
And uh, that's how I use into this day still on my object account is like looking at my own collection. But now to have things in my collection, I just have to pay the artist. So it's almost right. like it's just almost the same as Tumblr to me, except that you pay the artist now. And that honestly, there's like a lot more shit on there. I wish it was I wish it was easier to like, I don't know, maybe I'm not trying hard enough, but to like find what you're looking for on, on Tezos and on objects and stuff. Cause mm -hmm. right now it's just, it still I, is. I was, like, it's, yeah. it's difficult to uh, find what you want. Like I was had my notifications on for a lot of people. Like I followed a lot of people on objects. So I would get notifications mm -hmm. when they would mint. And that was great up until people started like minting on FX hash. And it would be like, and that was aggregating then an object and be like, Oh, so-and-so minted 105 times. Like last night it's like, shit, well now I can't even find the other ones. And this defeats the entire purpose. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, so there's a lot of things that need to get worked out. Yeah. That are so frustrating, but um, yeah, definitely really as far as like NFTs are concerned, the only thing that I'm paying attention to is nothing <laughs> besides, but, uh, but on, but, uh, object, I go to objects and I, I still mm -hmm. like, I just bought a piece yesterday. I think on object, I still like to support some artists on there and look at my collection and, I mean, to me, I thought Tumblr was such a great resource uh, as like our own visual blog, you know, like, I don't know. I'm pretty narcissistic, I know, but uh, uh, I'm always looking at my own shit more. But even in like stories, like we said, would be like stories more or whatever. For me, it was always, it's always like I look back at my stories and I'll see, oh, a connection between some things I didn't know. But like, I'm never posting bullshit either. It's not like I took a picture of fucking some ice cream I had earlier in the morning. That's just up there now. Like it's uh it's it, my stories are curated. So it's like, when I look at my own shit, I can make connections and learn things too. And that's how Tumblr was where it's like, mm, Oh yeah. Yeah. A couple of days ago, I was probably blogged that image and now I reposted this one, but now I seen them next to each other. I'm like, I never really thought about that. Boom. Now there's this new language happening, yada, yada. And so, um, I see that is how I use my object account still. Mm, okay. Yeah. I think, one of the things that I've liked, and I, I want to know what you think about the current state of of that stuff. I know you said you know, that's kind of all you're paying attention to now, but um, you know, for me, I think the initial things that excited me were discovery of artists that I had not known before. Because again, as someone who's been around and pretty involved for 20 years, the fact mm -hmm. that there was all these artists either coming mm -hmm. out of the woodwork or suddenly mm -hmm. had a platform where they didn't before, mm -hmm. or they were finding like a a bridge to go from like, you know, obscurity to now people are paying attention and sort of like, that was really interesting to me because I felt like my industry was like turned on its head or it's very digital mm -hmm. first. Um, also the idea of like, you know, suddenly thinking about ways to translate, you know, things to, you know, obviously a lot of artists who make mostly still images, were trying to figure out how do I make this move? <laughs> I think mm -hmm. that was sort of a funny moment. Cause I felt like an NFT had to move for it to be valid. Uh, and I think it was interesting watching both myself and a few other artists trying to figure out what made sense, uh, to, you know, to translate into being an NFT at all. Um, and I think a lot of that stuff is shaken out now, um, and is no longer. Yeah. Absurd. Well, I mean, that, a lot of that was, uh, did you, uh, did you say something absurd? No. Uh, no, I think, I think, um, I'm not sure what I said. <laughs> Just the fact that that stuff is shaken out sorry. now. And, yeah. yeah. I was going to say it's absurd. Um, I, that a lot of that stuff was absurd and that it was all dictated from ignorance, uh, like on so many levels. <clears throat> And I guess at the end of the day, it was just money influenced yes. all of it because it was, yeah. uh, uh, collectors 
were like, so it did matter if an NFT moved, it did matter. Of course. Like, it, yeah, it's yeah. not that it didn't, it did matter that it moved, but why? Because a collector wanted it to move, but why did the collector want it to move? It's because, Oh, they don't know anything about art whatsoever. And it needed this to be digitally native. And how do you prove that exactly, something digitally yeah. native if it doesn't look, if it doesn't move, yada, yada. So it all just comes back down to this fact of ignorance, but like really money because the money was the, the collector had the money and the artist wanted the money. So the artists had to bend themselves to the will of an ignorant collector or an ignorant base. So like, to me that all, I understand why it happened, but within art that should not happen. <laughs> it was yeah, fucking foolish. Yeah. To me, looking back on it is, is, is it's a, it's a sad way to start out the industry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, I will say it's funny. Like I think about that, but I also think about how necessary, you know, people really use Beeple's big Christie's sale as kind of like the inflection point of when things really kind of got kicked off because all of a sudden there's eyeballs everywhere from the mainstream, from, you know, all the way down to the most obscure artist, all of a sudden it was like, Oh shit, this must be a real thing. And I think, I think if that hadn't happened along with like, you know, just like the absurdity and the sort of just like vulgarity of like board apes and just how gross and bizarre and weird, all that kind of stuff is. Unfortunately, I think it, it, it took stuff happening at those at a scale like that to kind of, get everything sort of kicked off to the degree that it did. And now obviously everything's kind of things have really fallen off a cliff uh, compared to how it was two years ago. Um, and now I think there's a lot of just sort of looking at it going, okay, this technology is still valid. These artists are still valid. Uh, we don't need, you know, artists to be selling things for five, six figures every day in order for this to be valid. So what is the new way that we can, and, and again, like I've said this, you know, well, in the last month, but I think like what Zora's done trying to encourage like free mints, but an artist getting like a share of a transaction fee or the pricing on like Tezos and stuff like to me, that's how you get more people involved and interested and sort of stop leaning on the sort of desires of a couple. And it really was only a handful of big yeah. money collectors that were really kind of keeping things afloat for a while. I don't think that's ever yeah. was going to be sustainable. Like well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's, it's funny because for some reason with like the board apes and shit like that, I have so much more, I don't know what even the word is leniency because it's like, I don't have any like hate towards that. I don't have any like even negative feelings towards the board ape community and like what that is. Because to me, that's, that's the, that's, those are NFTs. Those are, you know, like that's what, the way that that's all built out and this gamified thing, reward systems and all this and that they're made to be that, that like they're NFTs. I get it. Like that's a different thing. I don't put myself in league with that. If I did, mean, maybe I'd be offended. Just to be clear. Like when you say those are NFTs, you're making a distinction between those are these collectible. They start and end at the fact they are NFTs. They are not art. And that's kind of, yeah. you're just drawing a line between those two yeah. things. Like yeah. regardless of anybody who thinks no, yeah. these are art, they're, I mean, I've never, not, I've never know. made anything that's just an NFT. A board ape is just an NFT. Sure. It starts and ends there. That's it. There is yeah. no, I don't care how you translate it. It's I, not. Every, everything that I've ever minted is an art piece minted as an NFT. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I see it that way very much. Mm -hmm. Like I don't Have you see ever, anything. 
have you ever done anything that or considered doing anything that it sort of you know, for lack of a better word, gamifies or sort of utilitizes your work or incentivizes people. Well, to buy I think it that you can. I think that you or... can utilize your work and still have it be art and like that. that it's the NFT uh, connected with it or whatever you want to call it. Because I want to. It's not really gamified, but utilitizing is definitely something I want to do. I want. I want to do it. I'm working with people already to. Um, to put utility basically to all everything that I've minted on object. That if you own anything that I've mentioned on object and like you can, uh, there's a system being built. I won't get into the tech. I don't even know the tech shit, but um, that, you know, that will get you early access to this or that, a discount on this or that information, okay. blah, blah, blah. Um, totally into that. But, um, but like I said, it's an art piece that goes along with that. Not just that, you know, sure. um, I will sell an NFT. That's just an NFT, but it will be, not be an art piece. Then like I'm working with, uh, partners now we're about to launch a print project where it's a uh, fine art prints that come with you know they're that are validated with nfts but mm -hmm. the the nft is serves as the authentication and if you don't yeah. have the uh nft to go along with the print then the print is not real that's our you know just simple mm -hmm. as that um sure. so uh but like like i was saying a board ape to me is just uh it's just an nft not art and uh yeah, I forgot how we got into this, but like I was going to say, I guess that art never fit into that structure. Art just doesn't work like that. It was like there was like some people trying to make it seem that art could work like this and it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the same way as as these board ape things were working, that art could just be commodified and turned into uh, a, a rarefied collectible. Um, I don't think is a thing that, you know, like really can work and mass the way that it went, you know, it yeah. can work with, it can work with, uh, uh, board apes when they're structured that way. Um, but I think what you asked was, uh, if I've done a project that's purely NFTs and like, I was just, like I said, the, the print thing, you know, but there's an NFT component. I see, uh, I think really with these new business partners that I'm working with every single piece of art I sell from now on big physical panels, whatever, will be accompanied with an nft authentication certificate mm -hmm. authentication. Yeah. um but um additionally i've done a generative project with verse uh called crash okay. that was um you know that was his uh it's you know obviously digitally native completely generative using collage elements you know but then generative and that it didn't create the image until you minted. So the minting process was implicate to, uh, uh, implicit, excuse me, to the fact of the art. But mm -hmm. in the end, I still see those as just art pieces. They didn't have to be paid for. They could have just been sure. generated and they just, they would have been valid as that as like generative art that was made 50 years ago because generative sure. art's not new, you know, it was, you know, so anyways, that's just to say that, no, I haven't done anything. That's just, just an NFT. And I don't see myself doing anything that's just an NFT unless it's like I was saying, certificate of authentic authentication type mm -hmm. situation. I, I love the uh, project, by the way. I was I, I looked it up really quick because I'm like, well, I know I've seen this at some point, but I forgot sort of what it looked like. But it's such a it's such a if if nobody's ever looked it up, if you could just you can just search your name and then search on, you know, search Jesse Draxler Crash or Verse or whatever. Um, but you know, the idea of, of finding a way to, um, 
you know, make work that feels very, I mean, you see it and it's, it's instantly you, um, but the generative process of some sort of having the, the works be compiled in a, in a collage, um, like this is, is great. And something I did earlier this year as well. And it was a really rewarding way to see my work, uh, kind of put through this filter and then be surprised by it. And, um, I think, uh, it's the same. Quite fun. I felt the yeah, same about that project with the generative project. I was like, I love that this is like, not to use the term again, but like, you know, digitally native, so digitally native that like the viewers even uh, part of the process of its creation or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. And, um, but I also being surprised by my own work again was really fun and, yeah. and interesting. And I'm actually working on another generative project right now. Oh, nice. Um, with, Similar? With like... Okay. Well, it's... um. It'll probably be dropping either end of this month or early September, more more likely early September than anything else. But um, so not that long really. But uh, with yeah. us again, and it's uh, generative chandeliers. Uh, if anybody's you know paying yeah, attention, yeah, yeah, love work, your chandelier stuff. You'll see yeah. a lot of chandeliers. I uh, started doing chandeliers in 2021. I did a show that involved chandeliers, and ever since, mm -hmm. just used uh, it just became you know um an icon in my lexicon okay. of, of icons to use, yeah. you know, even just like yeah. the shape and stuff has just become an icon. So I've been bending it in different ways and uh, doing generative ones became of interest to me for whatever reason okay. of just like chandeliers are kind of generative already, aren't they? You know, like just, you know, when you work with something long enough, you kind of come to it. But so I um wanted to do generative chandeliers randomly. So we're figuring it out now. Um, oh, and that, this, this one will be a smaller series, probably not as long form and I'll probably have my hand in the end instead of like, it'll probably be generative in the fact that there'll be like a predetermined amount of predetermined images that will be then randomized as you purchase. But, mm -hmm. um, I'll be working with an algorithm of modified version of the crash algorithm in the creation of the pieces. So, but this is because the chandeliers, excuse me, are a lot more intricate. And then those uh, crashed car pieces, which is basically the crash project. Um, and so I just want to have my hand on them in the, in the end, rather than uh, yeah. let it completely randomized. And then I think yeah. that the outputs will be more special, but it is yeah. still a full collaboration with the machine, even more so. I kind of love the idea actually of being like, all right, machine, like, I got it from here, you know, mm. like, yeah, like absolutely. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's a real 100%. collaboration. It's already been such a collaboration to the extent of like, we were doing this kaleidoscope effect because there's already like a kaleidoscopic element to a chandelier being that they're all crystals. Right. So mm -hmm. like the idea was like, what does, what, if can we put a kaleidoscope effect somehow on it as it's generating? And we were doing that. We had the algorithm doing it. And it was cool. And in certain, when I was moving certain parameters, I was like, it's cool. It can be cool, but let me try something. And then I went and like did what I imagined it would be. And I was like, well, this is better now, but I wouldn't have mm -hmm. done it if it wasn't for the computer showing me something first. Yeah. So it's like really a back and forth collaboration with the coder yeah, and the algorithm in a way that like people may not realize, but to me, um, to me being so physical along with the machines, almost somehow pushes how digital the digital parts really are, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love this. That is something I've worked in multiple projects of mine, like realizing how at mercy, at the mercy I am of the computer. And oftentimes, like no matter how much control I think I have. And so I really started leaning into that idea for a few projects, even just using Photoshop and Illustrator and just being like, I'm going to go to some corners of these programs that 
uh, and use them in ways that uh, I don't think they've been used before. Not in like, wow, I'm the first ever do this, but like, I don't think anybody would would bother because this is such Uh a stretch of like, why would this just isn't practical. And then I just cracked a few, you know, things that were really fun and I just kept returning to it. And I loved the idea. And it's the of best a, when you, when you come up yeah. with something where people have no idea how you did it and think oh, it's 100%. one thing. So, so yeah. certainly think it's one thing. And then it turns out like, no, nah, I just did this. Yeah. And like, yeah. Oh fuck. I thought like this was this one program. And you're like, I never even heard that. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know? Well, I love when people would be like, I truly don't understand. Like, I wouldn't even know what button to push to begin word, the yeah. process yeah. of that. And it's like, dude, I didn't either. Like I've just ever yeah, since word, I was right? a kid That's back to the, back to those first days of using a computer, like the way I learned stuff was just telling myself, well, you're not going to, nothing can break. Like clicking anything in Photoshop's not going to uninstall it from your computer and get arrested. So <laughs> you might as well just click every button and then combine things differently. And, you know, I've been using Photoshop for easily 24 years now. And I still, yeah. I mean, just in the last, I would say like, three months, uh, just learned a couple new techniques that I feel like changed everything for me. And I'm pretty sure those things had been tools that have been around for all these years. And I just didn't, it just some, I don't know. I was like fussing around with some other project file and did one thing. And I was like, wait a second. And then just all these little things kind of unlocked. Um, but that's kind of the fun, I I guess, of, um, you know, of, of doing that you know, these types of Photoshop's massive sort of. dude. Photoshop is, I got it. Like if somebody knows everything about Photoshop, like knows how to use everything in Photoshop, you still don't <laughs> like, well, you still don't for one. Yeah. And then also I would be like, you're probably not a good artist. Cause man, I can't like <laughs> you spend all your time figuring out apps. What the fuck? Like that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> you just know everything with Photoshop. Like there's no artists I know who would be like, I'm going to know everything. So I can then do the one thing I want to do. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. No, the the joy is in realizing that like, it's, you know, it's like, you know, you, there's anybody who's mastered, uh, you know, oil paints, like there's still some, you know, brushstroke you could lay down that'll transform it. And so it's like, why is software any different? Well, yeah, it's the same as like an oil painter being like, I just want to know exactly how to do every brushstroke and every, every kind of everything. And I'm never going to paint anything though, because I'm just going to figure out how to do everything. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, Hey, go for it. I got, (laughs) um, that's not art though, you know? (laughs) No, that's yeah, that's fair. Um, so, well, kind of wrapping up here, what's, uh, what are you listening to these days in the uh, studio? Hey. What, what do you got on? I know also, do you okay, still, so, do you still just throw headphones on and all day? No, no. I mean, not in the studio. I'm, I'm, uh, in the studio studio when I'm in Long Beach, which is like headquarters right now, even though I'm, I'm spending more and more time in Switzerland and stuff. Um, and then Wisconsin, my cabin too, but, um, the record player, it has to be on vinyl to listen to in the studio here. Oh, really? So, okay. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I go vinyl hunting a lot. That's really like the only thing I do. That's like a fun, uh, just relaxing project, even though for me, that's work too, because I'm studying album covers and sure, I sure. work in the industry and shit, you know, but, um, I listen to vinyl. So, uh, I just got back to the studio. That's the number one thing I missed when I was in Switzerland for the last month and a half was like my vinyl collection. So I've been listening mm. to a lot of vinyl. Um, just got in the mail yesterday, the span Noel K N O or K N O L L. I have a Noel hat. They're, yeah, yeah. They're, I, I was actually. Some, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the, the great. old one of theirs. 
I would imagine yeah. that the visuals for them, I think they're saying, I think the vocalist does all their, uh, their design. Yeah, I, I, I wonder about that because their Instagram presence is really solid in, in the way Dude, of so like everything. It's like through the, it's not a, I, I doubt it's a filter filter, but he just edits everything exactly the same. And they have like a very particular vibe, which is like this Gothic romantic Southern, yeah. uh, Southern Gothic style. But yeah. then yeah, they're grind then, but like and like harsh grind. Like because when Very. I think of like Southern Gothic, uh, I think of sludge more than I think of. Yeah, but they're like, they're like, yeah. And I'm sure it won't remain this way. This is how music always is for me. But I started listening to them a lot when I was in Switzerland because I was just sometimes I just need extreme, extreme, extreme. Just the most. Ex- I want to. I want something to beat the shit out of me. I want like, and that's what uh noel sounded like Absolutely. and it's slowly yeah. it's slowly now just forming into music again though which is like fuck i'm making sense of this like i hate when i make sense of something not a hate you know because then i go to the enjoyment phase of like cool it sounds <laughs> and i'm grooving to this but i love when it's just i don't understand what the fuck is happening in chaos and that's what they were like at first yeah, I was listening to that a lot. and so getting their vinyl uh in the mail yesterday was cool because that's always like you get to hear it for the first time again almost because yeah. it's the sound spectrum, at least, I mean, just from different speakers, like the speaker I was listening to in Switzerland is so bass heavy, which is cool for certain things. But now listening to it on vinyl here, it was like, oh, wow, the dimension uh, mm. that I wasn't getting before. But it sounded like chaos again, which is great. But um, it kind of leads to, well, I listen to rap just a ton. Like, I, I, that's my main collecting when I, like, I buy everything. But when it comes to collecting vinyl, I, I'll drive an hour, I'll drive an hour and a half if I see a record store has a rare Griselda record, you know, like a rare West Side Gun record or something. I don't know if you're familiar with like West Side Gun. And Pop I am familiar, machine. but I, I I don't put on a whole lot of hip hop and rap these days, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's that, honestly, hip hop and rap is like the mainstay where it's like, I'll listen to it all the time, wherever I am in the car and the whatever, like mm-hmm. I'll put that on whenever. And then like the extreme metal and stuff like that is like really uh, specific like, when I'm in the studio or I'm have a specific mood, uh, I'm doing a specific thing or whatever, but it's a specific feeling. Whereas rap can just kind of be a soundtrack to the day a lot of the times. But in that respect too, when I'm listening to rap, I'm listening to the rapper and I'm listening to what he's saying. And it's almost then just like watching TV to me, you know, I'm listening to the stories and I'm kind of in the, in their world in that sense too, where, uh, metal music, I'm not in their world unless it's like, I'm chaos, you know, whatever. Um, so for me, music is very much like a, uh, uh, material, a studio material, you know, Mm. it depends on, on the day, but like, yeah, I just got that null record and it comes back though to, um, I saw that you did a poster for them that I loved. I I reposted it on, uh, on something, but, uh, um, the portrayal of guilt. guilt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah fucking uh, so good i loved it i absolutely loved it um so how did that come about for you do you know those guys or so, because i mean so, their, so their new int- album is great huh yeah it's great and i think you know one of the things i love <laughs> i maybe to the noel point and anybody who's listening and interested by the way it's noel k-n-o-l-l um grind is their instagram so um if you they rip. Up, but they just i feel like every every, every Every it's very, band- like they're <laughs> to me with noel right now there's no band like them right now that it that's like there's bands like them sure but like to like yeah, their, artful too and yeah to, and like to their speci- like how specific they are with what they're doing or whatever there's not another one because i go and like find like what's like this who else is there doing blah blah, blah. and there's just nothing i'll put it on and be like i kind of get it but like 
it's not fucking like lighting me on fire. Like they fucking do, you know, like yeah. it's not the screeching fucking. Yeah, I know what you mean. So full of hell kind of does that. And there's a band called yeah, the body. Full of hell. Yeah, I feel like they're kind of kinda... cool. Yeah, the body is cool. The body is different. Yeah, and just it's funny like bringing those up. Yeah, those are all in a stack upstairs right now because that's a lot of. Uh, I'm when I'm trying to figure out the new visual of what I'm trying to do. I want to listen to extreme, so a pile right now is the body, full of hell, uh, Noel, um, uh, portrayal of guilt. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Noel is pretty is pretty singular still, even within all of them, because yeah, they I don't know what stop. You mean. Yeah. It does. <laughs> like when they yeah. don't stop, they don't stop. Yeah. Um. So. No, my but thing. Portrayal of Guilt's is, new album is fucking. Uh, it's, it's a great. shredder. Yeah. It's a shredder. They're, they're, they'll be in Chicago in uh like ten days or so. Uh. But no, at the beginning of this year, I told myself, man, I've been doing you know my thing for a long time, but. I very rarely get to do work for the bands that I love. And I think it's probably because they wouldn't consider me because my work yeah. doesn't generally or yeah. hasn't generally looked like, or been the yep. color palette of uh, those types of bands. But what I've been enjoying a lot that, you know, and this is a whole nother podcast for another time, but just heavy music has just had such a Renaissance in just the last couple of years, specifically in punk and hardcore. But I think what's really happened is that so much of like every band's got like a designer. Every band has like a competent graphic designer. Every band's got a photographer. Like every, I swear, like every band's got someone who can like, you know, build a brand or whatever. Um, (laughs) And I think that's gone hand in hand with like, you know, just sort of seeing an opening and being like, Hey, I think I could kind of impress my ideas and aesthetic here. So I just started reaching out to some bands and labels that I loved. And um, you reached out to them. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I love it. I I've done this year is just like hitting bands up and be like, Hey, if you need a flyer, like hit me up. I don't care. You got 50 bucks, hundred bucks. Like I'm down. So, um, that's been kind of some of the hustle, even though it doesn't really result in money <laughs> that oh, I would say that I understand that. Like, but that's I call not it really pro bono work. I do a certain amount of pro bono per year. Yeah. Usually it comes to me, but I like this idea of going to the band themselves and just be like, I want to do something for you. Yeah. I think that just had to do with controlling my sort of, uh, client destiny is like i'm i see what i'm getting it's not going to just change if i don't do anything so um i'm sorry i don't mean to be impolite i'm looking at your account though i was looking at like that i still love this fucking red and black portrayal of guilt one where you pretty much lose almost every uh, the whole image the yeah that one was uh one i loved and and they were i was just kind of like i know you can't really read this but like aesthetically i just like really love this so um that was that was a, a fun one to work on um and just generally well, and, it, and it's interesting that you said that uh fans probably wouldn't uh have thought of your work for their shit or whatever and that's right. why when i saw you doing that i loved it because i was like oh i never imagined that he would do a band flyer for portrayal of guilt that's crazy I, dude like, i know I loved, but i loved <laughs> it because it, to me it yeah. was like it was like the first time i saw a trap rapper trapper fucking use a death metal logo i was like oh yeah. shit that's something that like <laughs> something happened here like a lot of people in the metal scene hated that we're super pissed and i was like i love this i've yeah. fucking been waiting for this like let's you know i'm all about it um There's a, i see that yeah. you've worked with drain as well yeah and that was another one where uh i had reached out to a show promoter in chicago just being like, Hey, like if you ever, you know, want to work together, let me know. And he was like, Oh, we're, we're working on this drain show coming up. So I did that. And I ended up doing like a whole whole bunch of color. Yeah. One, it was one of the best shows I've been to in a long time. It was great. But, um, yeah, I think again, like this stuff, 
there's so many hands in this type of music now that you wouldn't realize and like influences and people who are kind of crossing over between hip hop and metal and hardcore. Oh my God. Yeah. Whether you owe that to like a mix of trash talk back in the day to Tyler, the creator to turnstile, you know, headlining, you know, (laughs) playing rolling loud and stuff like that. The fucking slipknot and corn. (laughs) Yeah. Taking bands on tour. Deftones are playing with like all these, like hardcore bands soon. Yeah, and I, think I mean that, that this like... uh, this started before, you know, like for a long like a long time ago. It's and that's why to me it's cool to see really come to fruition now. I mean, you and I were part of a generation though that got to see some of the last subculture, in my opinion. What I think is real subculture. Like there's subculture now, but it's all on the internet and it's all this other it's not subculture, but suburban like subculture, like suburban culture where things were grown kind of not on the street, but like in real life in some respect, yeah, at yeah, least yeah. right now, everything, the lines are just completely obliterated between everything. There's no, but we got to see like grunge might've been one of the last ones, you know, like mm. because the internet obliterated, it made it impossible to have real subcultures anymore. Cause it would just get, they just get exploited immediately. You know, like sure. yeah. I could name off 50 different subcultures right now, but like, you know, my 14 year old niece could probably, name off 50 fucking two just from <laughs> yeah. being on YouTube. And they're more like obscure that. and weird. Yeah, than and it's like, that's not even a it. thing anymore. This is just like, now we're just random shit people do and they're, you yeah. know, like, it's not even, so, yeah, anyways, um, it's just cool to see uh, you come back around the posters and everything like that. Uh, I'm glad we got a chance to touch on the portrayal of a because I had no idea that you were just a fan of of their shit. And then, Yeah, dude, uh, I was straight up like, hey, like, I've reached out to bands and been like, hey, keep me in mind, you know, like I'm, I'm a fan. And then I think they see the work and like, cool, maybe something will come up. And, and, and fortunately it's worked out a few times. And it's uh, honestly, I look at that kind of stuff as like, I just kind of call it sharpening the sword. Like for me, it's like, yeah. if I'm going to get paid, you know, 150 bucks for something, like I I'm almost at that point, it's like, just let me like do whatever I want. And like, just, you know, well, yeah. and then I, I end up spending more time on that than I would if the budget was like, Same. 10 times Same. that for well 10 times is not really like a thousand dollars but you know what i mean so but it's, um, yeah it's like like you said sharpening the sword of practicing always i'm like what i do here it's like it's not lost i upscale this this is part of the process for the piece that i'll do you know three pieces from now or whatever something i learned from this but it kind of goes back to what we were saying really early on it's like needing that momentum needing the like a commercial project leading to like you know, doing better in your own personal works and stuff. Yeah. Um, trying to get the ball rolling. And um, I know we're running long, but I one thing I definitely wanted to touch on before, and it kind of goes hand in hand with the client work, is this, you did something for the fucking Bulls. Is that right? Like, right? Oh, yeah. I've worked with the Bulls a lot over the years. And I think, yeah. like, I would say at one point, uh, from, like, there was a... I would say there was, like, quite a few years where my portfolio and my, like, body of work had become almost entirely dominated by sports work. Cause I had first did work for ESPN magazine in 2004. It was my first magazine, big magazine client. I was 18, still living at home with my parents. And I just felt, I mean, I love, I love basketball, like NBA and NFL are like huge for me. And then, and I just ended up doing more and more work. And the bulls thing came from me reaching out to them too. In 2015, I just was like, why is their Instagram so bad? Like it could look so much better than this. And, uh, I was, uh, I, I, dug around as I do. I found the marketing director's email address and I <laughs> shot him a note and I said what I just said, but maybe a little more politely. And he happened to agree and was like, but well, we've actually been talking about our Instagram strategy. And I was like, why don't you let me come take pictures at a game sometime? 
for free. I'll just like, I'll just come do it. And if you guys like the pictures, you can use them, but it'll be through the lens of someone who's not a sports photographer, but an artist. And they were like, cool, we're down. So they gave me passes and I went in and shot a game and got to use the, you know, the, the media room and have dinner with like a bunch of reporters and stuff. And uh, I just kept doing it and the relationship really blossomed. And uh, some of the people that work there are some, you know, really close friends and I've ended up working with them like a ton over the years now. And, and um, just always loved taking the like type of work I like to do and apply it to sports. Cause I think there's a lot of, it just, it makes, it's almost easy. Cause it's like, Hey, we can't run this photo or this image on its own. We need someone to kind of breathe some life into yeah. it. And, uh, I, I find that challenge to be like a really fun one. Um, but it all started, my dad had a subscription to ESPN magazine and, you know, when I was like a kid and I remember when it first came out and like, it was just so fun. It was so different than sports illustrated. It was like just a more like kind of fun approach, I guess, visually the way that like cards were to me as a kid. Um, and so that really opened the door to thinking maybe that'd be something I would, I would do one day, but yeah, that's kind of like similarly with music. It's just, I love to translate, uh, yeah. you know, visuals onto these things that are already in themselves aside from like the visual full of energy with sports musicians, whatever, like they already did the, the work. Now I set a sort of visual tone and I think that's what makes doing that type of work so much fun. I, I love that, man. I love the initiative, I guess is a big story for you. Yeah, absolutely. And still to this day is like 20 years in, like I, I don't, I get very restless. I'm like, Oh, time to send out a hundred emails this week and just <laughs> see if I get any bites. So I love uh, it. But I mean, yeah. you do a lot of NFT work now though. So, I mean, are you doing a lot of personal work instead? Um, I haven't done much NFT stuff lately, to be honest with you. I think I, I did one really big project last year called infinite pressure. That was 99, one of ones, um, nine collaborations, um, in that, and there is all auction. I did a book. Like it was a whole huge, massive project. It went really well, sold out in like three days. It was like quite a event. Um, and yeah, just did amazing. Like it really was a, one of the biggest, best awesome. projects I've probably ever done. And then uh, I kind of burnt out and from it. And uh, the only NFTs I did after that were like with partners. So I did one with the Bulls. I did a thing with Coinbase. I did a thing with GQ because um, I liked the sort of guarantee wow. of it. It was like, hey, we'll pay you. Uh, and then from yeah, there, for sure. you know what I mean? Like it's, it'll go how you it goes. Do, yeah. So like you do really well with clients. You like, it was us all from cold calling too. Um, well early days, but then it would just kind of build up and like stuff would just come in because now my name had been out there, you know, and I felt like, uh, I'll just randomly get an email about some project from an agency or magazine or whatever. But I think now that's by virtue of having just been exposed and out there for so long. It certainly was easier in the early 2000s and mid 2000s in a way because the space entirely was so unsaturated and there wasn't any social media yet. And so if I landed in your inbox, I was the only one landing in your inbox. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of what I miss about that. Whereas now the flip side is the sort of inverse now is there's just an overwhelming amount of saturation, but getting in touch with anybody you want is so easy. But now it's like, well, can you stand out? Are you interesting? Is your work good enough? Is it a right fit? Was there the right timing? Um, I felt like I could generate work out of thin air almost in like 2006. I could just truly like, I was so resourceful and I had no college degree. I had no plan and I had like nothing to lose. So it was like, fuck it. Wow. Like, I don't care about rejection. Like if someone wants to work with me, great. And if they don't, well, I, I don't care. Like I'm never going to meet that's them. Amazing. I'm just an, yeah. I'm an email address at this point. <laughs> so that's anyways. a good attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I try to keep it still, but now it's definitely more difficult now to, you know, um, 
the the feeling of either no response or a rejection now is different than then. Cause you know, now you're like, why, what's wrong with me? You know, word. I feel that, so. you know, uh, <laughs> similar to what you were saying just a little bit ago about uh the bands looking at your work and thinking we wouldn't know what to do with this guy or he wouldn't do our kind of shit that's exactly how i feel like about basketball like they like i would love to do work with a basketball team like mm. fucking love it uh, like the nba in general or just basketball i just i love the You're sport like who would think of me Sure. Yeah, yeah, but they would nobody would be like, let's talk to Jesse about that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, know, you say that, but I think what's happening, and I like this is kind of like there, there's a the new generation of like young junior art directors grew up on the internet in a way right. that their predecessors did not. And I think uh the way that uh you know certain music gets played in stadiums or seeing bands like this is a weird example, but I don't know if you saw, you know, the band Scowl, but like, you know, the like this hardcore band Scowl and they're like in a, it was similar to like Turnstile, like they're in a Taco Bell commercial or the, you know, it's like there's someone on the inside who follows this stuff and is the cool guy in the office and mm-hmm. had enough influence to sort of like convince everybody, hey, this is what kids like actually like. This is what like this next generation is really into no matter what your Google results tell you, I know. And those people have, you know, jobs and have starting to get more pull this next generation. And I think there are more people on the inside at some of these bigger agencies and companies who came up fully understanding and like really getting it when it comes to social media, that there's, there's probably some creative director out there at some, you know, agency like follows you or in some sports team that like really digs your work. Uh, they just haven't found the right like project for it yet. Yeah. But the Bulls have been ahead of their time in a lot of ways, and they've done a lot of arts initiatives and stuff um, and hired a lot of people who I think care a lot about that. And then there's teams that don't. Um, but I, I do think like sports and art uh, for a lot of reasons are sort of have come together in a way that they really never have before. Well, isn't there a team that took on Daniel Arsham as their creative director? Yeah, I don't really know what happened with that. It's I think the Brooklyn Nets, and I'm not really sure like if that ever actually really went anywhere. Yeah. Like I never quite maybe I, I just also, the name. I you know, I'm not a fan of like the sort of like sort of like uh token creative director title, like yeah, you know, oh like Justin Timberlake's our creative director. It's like yeah, you know, it's just the tastemaker and we don't, you know, whatever. But Daniel Arsham and like Dan Snyder's son, you know, like family and son, they're big like art collectors and big involved in StockX. And so like that's another example of someone who's kind of on the inside, mm-hmm. like, you know, connecting all these dots. And I think no, maybe it was the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think, actually, for uh, Daniel Arsham. Yeah. Um but uh, yeah, it's a it's a weird time, and there's more sort of overlap and sort of fetishization of the idea of the creative director that that concept or like bringing in these influential creative people, whether they're musicians or artists or whatever, and giving them um, you know the ability to have some real control and say. Um, but uh, again, a whole nother like conversation for another time. But uh, yeah. I do. I I should wrap this up. We're coming up on two hours, which is great. Oh, fair. Yep. <laughs> it may turn into a little two-parter, but um, yeah. Any uh, get any plans for the week? Anything? Uh, just, just no, here. man. Just I'm I'm heading back over to Europe for Fashion Week in Milan on September or something. Um, okay, you got some Milan, I'll spend project over there, there, or. I mean, I'm working with these business partners now in Switzerland, uh, so that's why I'm there a lot, and we have a lot. Mm-hmm 
uh, we're working on and we're talking with a lot of people behind the scenes. It's like, it's, it's that, it's that kind of awkward period where like a shit ton is happening, but also like vision, like, uh, visibly nothing's happening, you know, yeah. like there's, there's nothing like courtship but, like, so going much, on. Yeah. There's so much like getting ready to do and working on things and meeting the right people and doing, you know, and like, so this time next year is probably going to be crazy and I'll have you know, 10 different projects all coming out or whatever and being released. But right now is a very much this planning phase. Um, and, but I am doing that uh, generative chandelier project that will yeah, drop yeah. on verse. So again, that's verse works. Um, and that will be the end of August or early September. I don't know when this will come out. Um, but uh, there's that that I'm working on and uh, trying to think, is there something else that's, that's kind of uh as far as projects that people will be able to see and shit, yeah, that's it for now that I can talk about. I mean, there might be things that pop up within the next few months because I really am trying to working with these new business partners, but also I'm trying to work outside of the traditional uh, landscape or traditional flow of how, of how this all goes, you know, like a big show here, this big event, this whatever. It's like uh, collaborating with brands and companies and stuff and just like, okay, cool, let's do that next month. Let's have a show have a big art show just next month or whatever so i'm getting more in like the speed of uh of um media than in the speed of like big art projects that need all this development time like i do that so much already so uh, i'm like i always just have been saying just stay tuned because shit just happens fast and it ever since the nfts took off it's kind of typical now that things happen fast you know so you just have to pay attention but um as far as nfts are concerned i would uh Love if everybody would pay attention to that. Uh, the, the drop coming up on first work with the chandeliers. I think I'm calling it uh, generative alliers. That's like chandeliers mixed with generative, generative okay. alliers. So, so pay attention for that. But other than that, that's it. All right. That sounds good. I can't wait to see well, it. I did just drop that book. We didn't talk about it. Yeah, of course. Did. We didn't talk about the book at all. I had a, yeah. had a book come out in fucking and like a month ago. What the fuck? I had a book. Yeah, everybody go buy the fucking book. It's still available. Uh, that's out there. It's called the world is mine. And I'm thinking about you go buy it there. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it. And, uh, thanks for sharing so much and just kind of riffing. This is, uh, this is kind of like the, absolutely. Like I feel like we could definitely do this again sometime. Yeah, a, absolutely. A lot in common. So not to riff a about lot of, a, a lot of these me. interviews, a lot of these interviews, I'm like, we should do this without the record button. Just say what's up sometime, you know, but, uh, you know, actually doing, well, that, you know, next right. time I'm through Chicago, which, yeah, happens, like I said, you know, most of the time I go to Wisconsin, I spend a night or two in Chicago. Maybe you Please. and David, because I haven't seen yeah, David you know, in a minute let's now. Let's do it. Please. That'd David, be I, David awesome. lives pretty much right down the street from me. Um, oh, and actually, shit. Lucky. Where, did you get tattooed at his that big studio he had for a while there? Like the real big, real yeah, nice his last one. Yeah, but I, I know I that live, he what? Gave it I can up. see, I'm looking at the, I'm basically looking at the building oh, wow. right now. I know. Yeah, right. Okay, so. wow, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, next time I'm in so, town, let's make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jesse. Well, thanks cool, so man. much for all your time. And, Cheers. Yeah. Uh, we'll Thank talk you so to much. You soon. All right. Take care. Ciao.